are Fusion Church located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. We are deeply passionate about reaching people with the gospel and seeing lives changed. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message will inspire you and bring you hope. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is Pastor Armando and welcome to Christmas Eve here at Fusion Church. And we're going to have a really great message for you guys today, both in person and online. So uh, welcome those who are joining us on podcasts and those who are joining us on YouTube, Facebook, and all of our other platforms. So today we're going to just jump in. I just want to say Merry Christmas to all of you and your families. Uh, And there's no greater way to start the Christmas message than with the announcement of Jesus's birth. Let's jump into Luke 1 verse 26, to open up uh, our context today. God sent uh, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was troubled at his words. Uh, Another version um, says this, that Mary was confused and disturbed by, by the angel's words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and uh, will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Could you imagine what a powerful moment that Mary is now receiving the announcement of uh, her soon-to-be son, Jesus, but what also a confusing moment. I mean, this young girl, this teen uh, who was about to be pledged in marriage to Joseph thought, man, I'm going to marry Joseph. It's going to be great. And then an angel comes to her and tells her, Mary, you're about to give birth and you're about to be pregnant. And Mary's like, how do I tell this to Joseph? I mean, the reality is, Joseph, I'm pregnant, great news. And an angel told me it's from God. And how many of you out there are like, Joseph would be like, yeah, okay, Mary, sure, keep that lie going, right? And man, what a moment of confusion. You see, sometimes in life, life will take you by surprise. Many times in life, we find ourselves in moments where life just doesn't make sense, right? Life didn't turn out the way we wanted. Some of you on here today, if you think back to your five-year plan five years ago, you're like, I didn't know that I would find myself here. I am so confused. God, what's going on, God? Like, how is it that my marriage is where it's at? My finances are where it's at. My kids are dealing with the things they're dealing with. God, this wasn't how it was supposed to be. 
So many of us struggle with those surprises that we receive in life. And then when we are surprised, sometimes it doesn't pull out the best in us, does it? Sometimes when life doesn't play by the rules, we start acting out. We don't always start playing by the rules. Sometimes we don't know how to cope. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to run, who to run to. And the reality is some of us settle for control, right? And control really is a manifestation of us trying to bring some semblance of order to a life that feels completely out of order. But the problem is in faith, no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk, with God, whether you're spiritually seeking or you've been walking with Jesus for 20 or more years, the reality is you can't have control and trust. The both don't coexist. You either have to have one or the other. You can't both trust God and try to control everything at the same time. In many ways, control itself is the opposite of faith. Faith is trusting God in the unknown in life. And that's really what we're going to discover today. I'm going to help you, but through the word of God, we're going to discover together how to trust instead of control, right? How to choose trust instead of control. So many of us have heard that that statement, that cliche, let go and let God, right? Have you ever heard that? Let go and let God? What does that even mean, right? I mean, so many of us, we say it, but we never really think about the depth of meaning behind that cliche, behind that statement. And, and what it really means is it's really three truths, right? One, we have to stop trying to control everything. Let go and let God. I'm not going to control things. I, I can't control things. As much as I try, Trying to control everything just creates stress and anxiety for me. Let go and let God, I give up the need for control. It also means trusting God in the process, trusting God in the journey of life. God, I choose to trust you no matter where this goes, God, no matter where this journey goes, no matter where this difficulty goes, no matter where this challenge before me goes. Maybe some of you right now are sitting in the reality that the holidays are tough because you've lost a loved one recently. Or maybe you've lost a loved one years ago and it was so significant that every holiday is like clouded, clouded by that loss. And you're sitting there and you're like, how do I let go and let God? It means that I trust God in the journey. I trust God in the process. I trust God in the, in the loss and in the grief. It also means that, man, uh, most of all, that I trust God with the outcome. Jesus, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm gonna trust you with the journey, but is that outcome good? Is that destination gonna be good? Is it good for the kingdom of God? Is it gonna be good for me? Like, God, I, I, I'm going to let go of control. I'm going to trust you with the process. And God, I'm going to trust you uh, with the outcome. Let go and let God. And we're going to discover that today. And so many of you are like, yo, easier said than done. Like, pastor, I get it. But you know how hard it is to just trust, to trust a God you don't see, to trust a God sometimes that doesn't feel there, to trust God when you can't literally hear his voice, like I'm hearing you today. Letting go of control is hard. And that's the challenge, right? Because control can be so intoxicating. It's such a counterfeit uh, to 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 faith in so many ways because faith is trusting God and God's in control of the outcome. Control is I'm gonna trust myself. I'm gonna trust myself with the outcome. And it's seductive because it feels like we're actually doing something when in reality we're doing nothing but creating more stress and anxiety for ourselves. So today we're gonna learn how to choose trust and how to walk away and step aside from the, the, the control that actually gets you and I so sick, right? Uh, and, and for us, those stressors come from everywhere, don't they? I mean, control is often that counterfeit we run to when life gets out of control, right? You're dealing with a life transition. You're moving by choice or by circumstance. And we, we tend to control those things. Our relationships struggle and we control, right? Our, we have school challenges and college issues. And man, like life feels like pressure sometimes. And 
life often takes us by surprise. For my wife and I, some years ago, we were totally taken by surprise. My mom, she was bit by a tick, right? And she, she developed a, 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 a condition of inflammation in, in her brain, right? She ends up getting encephalitis and her brain swelled and mom almost died several times. She was actually hospitalized for approximately four or five months. Uh, and much of that, she was completely unresponsive. Uh, and the doctors would talk to us and say, hey, you got to prepare yourself, you know, and there was all those talks. And man, I prayed and I, I tried to ask all the questions, right? We have a need to know in those moments. I need to understand. So I, I tried my best to wrap my hands around it. And, and then eventually I realized, God, I can't control this thing. So many times in life, we, we, we believe we can control things. Reality, we, we don't control anything. And in that moment, my mom's on her deathbed and I couldn't control it. So I had no choice but to choose trust. And when I choose trust, no matter, and, and that was my prayer, God, no matter how this turns out, God, you're still good. No matter how this turns out, God, I will trust you, God. I will trust you if my mother's healed. I will trust you if she passes. And in reality, uh, the truth is my mom was healed. But some of you are sitting there today and you're like, man, I was in that boat. I was in that moment. And I didn't get my prayers answered. There was no healing. There was no life. Like the, the person passed, right? Some of us have that part of the story. And the truth is the outcome for the person in that journey, in that moment is the same. I'm going to choose control or I'm going to choose trust. And, and the truth is I, I chose trust. I had no choice but to choose trust because I came to that reality that I couldn't control it. And for Mary, that surprise was the same way. Remember what scripture says that Mary, she was disturbed and confused by what the angel was talking about. Would you imagine this teenage girl? I'm about to marry Joseph, the man of my dreams, right? That kind of thing, right? And she's like, man, Joseph is, man, I'm sweet on him. He's like the greatest guy in the world. We're gonna have this magical uh, marriage and this great honeymoon and we're gonna have children and it's gonna be amazing. And then all of a sudden, a surprise, right? Mary, you're gonna have to tell Joseph that you're having a baby and it's not his. And you know what? Yes, you didn't cheat. But this isn't how the story was supposed to go, right? And you know what's so interesting, right? So she tells Joseph, and Scripture actually says that he was going to dismiss her privately. Joseph was an honorable man. He was actually going to dismiss her privately so that she didn't have to deal with public shame and humiliation. Why? Because he thought the obvious. She cheated on him, right, while they were betrothed to be married. And an angel came to Joseph. And he's like, Joseph, nope, Mary's not lying. Mary's having a baby and what she told you is true. And the spirit of God have, has come upon her and allowed her to conceive a child that is going to be called the most high. He's going to be the savior of the world. Take her and marry her. And Joseph, having received that dream, decided to marry Mary. But even for Joseph, what an incredible surprise. Could you imagine in that moment, the anger, the frustration he felt before that dream of the angel? And you know they were both wondering. The same thing you and I wonder whenever life doesn't play by the rules. Whenever life feels completely out of control, right? And some of you have come into the service today, online podcast, right? Or however you're listening to this message today, and you're like, yo, my life is spinning. Like my life feels out of control. I feel overwhelmed by life and by things and career. And right now you're thinking the same things that Mary and Joseph, and Joseph were thinking, what does this all mean, right? That, that's a question we ask when life doesn't play by the rules, right? When we're taken by surprise, what does this mean? How could God have allowed this to happen, right? God's allowing it. Like God, why? Like, I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. How is this happening? And is it going to be okay? Are we going 
to be okay, right? Those are the obvious questions that we all ask. And when we feel stressed, let's be honest, stress doesn't bring out the best in us. And then we compensate for stress. What we're looking to do is create some level of familiarity in our lives. When we're dealing with stress in the unknowns, we, we try to create some sense of order and then we start taking control. And control gets us sick and we start controlling things like our kids and our spouses. And then we want to control what our kids wear. We want to control what our kids look like. We want to control how they do their hair. We want to control who they marry and what careers they go to and every aspect of our kids' lives. If you are a helicopter parent, it's because you deal with fear, right? Helicopter parents, and that's not to say you shouldn't have boundaries for your kids. Of course you should. We should all have biblical boundaries for our children, But there's a difference between boundaries that are healthy and being a helicopter parent and over-functioning for our kids because the core of the issue is fear and anxiety that life's gonna be out of control. They're gonna, that that, that somehow something bad's gonna happen to them. And then we actually end up parenting them out of fear and anxiety. And we put all this control on them that actually just pushes them away and destroys their relationship. So many of us have control within our relationships, dating or married or otherwise, right? And we start controlling how people cook, right? We get in the kitchen, we're like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. And you know what? Sometimes they look at us and like, would you rather cook instead? Then we start controlling how they drive the car. How many of you love that? You're driving your car and your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend is like, oh, maybe you should, you should drive differently. You drive too fast. You drive too slow. Man, let that person overtake you. Oh, put your blinker on. You did it too late. You did it too fast, man. I don't like the way you're swerving in and out. Like, and then we're, how many people love that, right? And then we get frustrated. And then we get frustrated. And then we, we try to control where they go. Like, guys, it's making us sick. It's making our relationship sick. And we all do this because we don't feel safe. And when we don't feel safe, we attempt to control, uh, to bring, right, that, that sense of counterfeit security. But how many of you know there's another option? See, that's the beauty of Scripture. Scripture not only brings correction to what's broken in our lives, but Scripture itself declares to us truth and gives us another option. And today, this morning, you get to choose trust over control. You could choose control or you could choose trust. You you can't have both. This is what Psalm 91 says. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, It's a personal decision. I will say, I will own. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Uh, His faithfulness uh, will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Let's go back. What, what are we learning here in this con- uh, context? How does one dwell in the shelter of the Lord, right? That's, that's a question. So many of us come to church sometimes and, and you're told, you know, hey, here's how you get over this. You just need Jesus, right? And it's like, okay, I walk away with that philosophical truth, right? It's a, it's a truth. We all need Jesus. It's a philosophical truth, but how do I apply that to my life? So many times in, in church, we're told what to do, but not really told how to do it. The context of these verses tells us exactly what to do. 
It's actually a personal decision and a choice, right? Let's go back to verse nine. If you say, right, if I say, if I own, if I declare the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, all of those blessings will come into your life. So I have to say it. I have to own it. I have to open the door to God in my life. I have to say, God, I want to let you in. When life gets hard, rather than control, I choose trust. I run to God. I run to his name. And I don't mean that just in a philosophical sense because we can all say, well, I just need to think more about God. And that is true. We should think more about God and less of the things around us, right? Have more of a kingdom mindset and focus. But thinking about God in and of itself might not be fully sufficient, especially if we don't know the attributes of God, the goodness of God. If we don't understand the God we're thinking about in light of who scripture tells us that God is, are we really reminding ourselves of who that wonderful and true God is. Scripture says, if I open my heart and I say to the Lord, you are my refuge and I make the most high my dwelling, it's like I'm fixing my eyes on his truth. I fix my eyes on who God is, my refuge. So so how do I do that, right? I I love this. Isaiah 26 says this, uh, verse three and four. uh, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. One version says fixed on you. So the person who keeps their mind fixed on you, stayed on you, is at perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So scripture's saying, man, I gotta, I gotta not just run to God, right? Run in the direction of God, not in the direction of control. And then when I get there, I have to keep my eyes fixed on him. I have to keep my eyes stayed on God when life starts turning, when life starts spinning, when life is not playing by the rules. Here's a really great illustration of that. You ever uh, see a, um, an Olympic uh, skater, an ice skater, right? And the Olympic ice skaters, they, they do that twirl, right? Uh, check out this video. You know what's so crazy to me about this video? How in the world do they spin like this and then they come out of it so eloquently and then they just skate off? Like I would vomit, I would get sick to my stomach, I would feel dizzy, I would experience that spin. You know how they do it? Most of them are trained, all of them, in order to do it, they actually have to fix their eyes on a point. So when they're spinning, if you ever notice, they're actually looking down or looking at a certain point that doesn't move, maybe the tip of their foot even, right? And as they're spinning, their eyes are fixed on something that doesn't move, on something that doesn't change. While their world is spinning in that moment, their eyes are fixed. And when the world stops spinning, they don't continue to spin. They skate off as if nothing has happened. So so how do you do that? It's about keeping your eyes fixed. How do I keep my eyes fixed on God? Not only am I thinking about God, but I'm diving into the word of God and I hold on to a promise. When the world spins, I fix my eyes on his word, which brings life to me, which brings direction to me, which brings hope to me, which stabilizes me in the storms of life. Some of you don't feel stable in the storm you're in today because your eyes aren't fixed on God. And you're sitting there lost, lost in faith, lost in emotions. That's where Mary was. In that moment, scripture says she was confused and disturbed by what the angel said to her, but she found an anchor. Let's go back 37, verse 37 of that context says, for no word from God will ever fail. Fixed, stayed, and imagine meditating on that. God, my life is about to turn upside down. Something's happening in my life that I don't understand. I don't get it 
But God, you're allowing it, God. And some of you are relating to that right now. You're like, man, there's hardship in my marriage, my finances, my kids, my relationships, my family of origin, right? Some of you are gonna sit uh, for Christmas across the table from family you fight with, right? And you're like, man, I just hope, God, it goes well. God, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why that diagnosis was present in me or my loved one. God, how, why? Scripture says, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary's response to that truth is, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Like Mary had to keep her mind focused on that. When you're going through hardship in life, a great verse to, to, to just anchor into is, man, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like God, I can walk with you through the valleys of darkness, God, because you give me strength. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, Lord God. You walk me by still waters. You you allow me to sleep in green pastures. He fills my soul. He fills my cup. As I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I feared no evil for my God is with me. My God is for me. He's such a, uh, he's such a dish for me on a table surrounded by my enemies. I'm completely protected. Like I'm going to hold on to that promise. So when hardship comes, when my life starts spinning, I fix my mind. I focus on a promise of God, on the truth of his word. I run to his name. I run to his word, which is the chief means that we understand and know God is through the revelation of his word. This is why it's important to read your Bibles. When you go to church and the pastor's like, oh, you need to read your Bibles. It's just not the, some good advice. It's not just some figurative uh, reality. Like it is real, it is truth, it is life. If I read his word, I know who you are because you show me in your word. When I read your word, I know who I am. When I read your word, I know who they are and what their worth is. When I read your word, I, I remember promises. I hold on to promises that I stand on when life gets hard, when, when, I, can't, when I feel like I can't make it. When my mom was in that, um, that state where she was four months in and out of life, I remember one day, probably, probably the first month in, I was praying over her. My aunt was there and it was completely desperate. In my heart, I thought my mom was gonna be taken from me. I thought she was gonna die. And I remember crying out to God. And I said, God, I'm not ready for this, right? You, no matter how old mom is, no matter how old you are, you're never ready to lose mom, right? And I was like, God, I don't know, Lord, if I, if I can make it, God. I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to lose mom. I, I'm not ready, God, I'm, I'm afraid. And all of a sudden, my mom, who was completely lifeless for over 30 days, her eyes fluttered. It's the first movement I've seen in her. Her mouth opens, and she spoke. And she said, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. She said it like four times. And I said, mom, what? What, mom, are you speaking? And she said, fear not, fear not. And then she went silent, and I was like, no, mom. Stay, and all of a sudden I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit bring me back to Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And in that moment, I realized who was speaking to me. It wasn't my mom. It was God through my mother. And he, and he said to me, Fear not. Armando, you're afraid. Armando, your world is spiraling. Put your hope in me. May I remind you of my promise to you? Fear not. You will not be dismayed. You will not be downcast. I will strengthen you. I will help you for I am your God. And in that moment, I realized where my hope came from. And in that moment, I chose trust, not control. I chose trust and not control. 
And you know, that's a question you gotta ask yourself as you go uh, prepare your heart for Christmas because our focus needs to be on the reason for the season, which is Jesus, hope entered the world. Like God is my hope in you? Is my mind fixed on you, God, that as life shakes and quakes and spirals, who and what do I run to? Like, guys, you really need to consider that in your life. Who and what do you run to when the world around you quakes and shakes, when life doesn't make sense? Man, I hope like Mary, you and I could say, God, I'm going to fix my eyes on you. Like it says in Psalm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep my, my eyes and my heart steadfast on you, God. I'm going to choose you, Jesus. I'm going to open my mind and my heart to the things of God. I'm going to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I'm going to say, Lord God, that you are my rock, you are my fortress. So when life gets hard, right, you have a choice to control or to trust. You can't have both. But how do I trust. I run toward God in faith. And it's through surrender, right? That's the beauty of the gospel story, that Jesus Christ came to this this earth to die for your sin debt and mine so that we can be reunited with God forever and all of your sins can be forgiven. So many of you come into this message this morning, this evening, whenever you listen to it on podcast, with shame and guilt, you feel dirty, you feel used up, You feel stained and marred by sin. And Jesus says, would you give it to me? Would you give me your sin? Would you give me your junk so that I can take it upon myself? And what I bear, what I bring to you is a perfect life and record. I want to take off me and put it on you. And I want to take off of you what's been weighting you down. And I want to put it on me. Guys, if you're running because of stain of sin, shame, guilt, you don't have to run anymore. Stop trying to control it and start choosing trust. You can't have both. And then when we give it to Jesus, he takes it and he pays it sin debt on that cross. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus's perfect record. He doesn't see your mistakes. It's completely forgiven. So we run toward God. And the second thing is we fix our eyes on his word, on his promises. So when life gets hard, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, I walk with you. As life spins and quakes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives me power and strength in storms and in hardship. Guys, this Christmas season, you gotta be able to run toward God. You gotta be able to know who you're running toward. You gotta be able to uh, just choose for him to be your dwelling place so that you can live the life God has always called you to live. If you wanna be a friend of Jesus this morning, if you wanna be like Mary and life doesn't make sense, you're willing to say, God, I trust you. God, I'm gonna walk with you no matter what this confusion is. I choose faith, not control. I choose trust, not control. If that's you this morning, I'd like to pray with you. Father God, I pray, Jesus, that you would bless each person in the service today, God. As we walk out of here, may we we walk out with hearts full of faith, God. Jesus, I also pray, Jesus, for any person who is uh, feeling the stain of sin, the weight of sin, the guilt, the shame. God, you know who they are. They know who they are. Lord Jesus, may they cry out to you. Scripture's clear for those that are listening, right? That if I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for my sins and God rose him from the dead, if I believe that in my heart, I'm justified. But if I confess that with my mouth, I'm saved. I wanna encourage you, cry out right now, God, forgive me of my sins. God, forgive me, Jesus, of all those things I've done. Holy Spirit, give me the strength not to return to that anymore. Jesus, I believe you, the son of God who died for my sins. 
I choose, I will say of the Lord that you are my salvation, you are my hope, you are my fortress. I give my life to you. And in that, you're made a child of God. And scripture says, God forgives you. He's righteous and just to forgive you of your sins. And I just pray a prayer of blessing, Lord God, over each person who's at that place today, that they're saying that to you in their heart and in their mind and out of their mouth. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for their decision of faith. Lord God, bless them, I pray. Bless their families, Lord. And may, Lord God, we have just an awesome Christmas season as we contemplate you, Jesus, and enjoy our families. Your name, Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Guys, I just want to just say Merry Christmas. I hope you have an awesome time with your family. Uh, keep your mind and your heart steadfast on God and enjoy your families. Next week, we're going to be finishing up our message series, Travel Light, because God wants you to, be, uh, to just be able to unload all that junk that you've carried in your life. He wants to forgive you and he wants you to live a life of victory. See you guys. hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.